0: Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies. I am one of your hosts, Miss Melmoy.
1: I am the other host, Mr. Craigers.
0: And this is our Winchester mystery special. Oh um, where we are using the opportunity of a horrendous film <laughs> about the urban legend slash historical events of the Winchester Mystery House to talk about said film and also the actual historical events that inspired the film and the urban legends and all that good stuff um, yeah we both, we both saw the movie we did <laughs> um, oh wait can we talk about the fact that like we had mirror
1: experiences we did
0: Craig saw it Thursday night um, yeah and he went and he was by himself I went, I went to a 1045 showing at
1: night because I, I thought about going like Friday morning, like I'm usually off on Friday, sometimes I'll go see a movie, but I had a couple of things to do today and it was kind of cheaper to go Thursday night. So I went and I was totally alone in the theater, which I love. Like I'm not one mm. of those people that no, it doesn't bother favorite. me to go to go to the movies alone. I really enjoy that. I like to actually. be
0: alone alone, like by myself alone and then nobody's in the theater <laughs>
1: Yes. So I go in, I've got my candy, I've got my drink. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I actually, they made, they still made me like pick a seat when I bought my ticket there. Like, you know, I'm like on the little screen thing. I was like, I kind of like looked at them for a second because she was like, oh, you have the theater to yourself. And I was like, oh, great. And then she was like, what seat do you want? And then I like looked at her for a second. Like, are you serious? Yeah. (laughs) So I picked a seat and I actually went and sat in my assigned seat.
0: That, that would have thrown them if you didn't. I used to work right. at one of those movie theaters where people had assigned seats. So like, I know how that, and you pissed somebody off because somebody thought they were going to go home early because nobody was oh, in the theater. I know that I did.
1: I felt really bad. Actually, I was, as I was like walking up there, I was like, oh my God, these people really wanted to leave. <laughs> However, then I realized that there was a, um, a showing that was like 10 minutes earlier for, um, 50 shades. So and somebody had oh. to stay for something, and I was like, "Oh well, everybody's going to be at that, so it doesn't matter." <clears throat> so I go in and I sit down, and I like set up my, you know, I put my feet up, and I watch like almost all of the previews, and then I like, I think I had a premonition because I was like, <laughs> "I'm going to go sit in the very back row," and so I did. I moved my stuff as like the last preview was going on. I think it was for that stupid Truth or Dare movie with that girl from Pretty Little Liars.
0: I saw that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what a strange, weird take on um, Final Destination.
1: <laughs> yeah. Final Destination meets, like, those weird parties you went to in middle school. Yeah, no. right. Um, and then, lo and behold, as soon as I resettle in my new seat, the. The door opens and in streams, not one, but two different couples who. Oh, you had a lot of people. Yeah. Like instantly, like as the credits were like the opening credits were coming up, like San Jose 1906, they start walking (sighs) in (laughs) like, are you fucking kidding me? And so they, and here's the kicker they turn the flashlights on, on their phone, and start <gasps> looking no. for the seats. And, I, and, I, and it takes, like, almost that whole entire prologue with the gingy kid and yeah. stairs. The obnoxiously ginger whatever. kid. It takes them this whole time to find their seats. And I, I was so close to just getting up and, like, walking over to them and be like, you guys, seriously, there's nobody here. Just sit wherever the hell you want. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit. Oh my god. So I was really grateful that I moved because their assigned seats that they were insistent on finding were really close to my original seat. So I was like, oh,
0: I did so. not have this problem. I mean, I did, but not to that extreme. I went on Friday today, but I went Friday. It's like noon. It was 12.10. I roll in. First of all, the girl at the box office looked like she wanted to kill herself she was so bored damn but even when i went up and i was like hey and she was like <clears throat> you know like, oh, sh- <laughs> and i was like oh right she was like what are you doing here and i i, <laughs> bobbled I with doing? the idea of getting concessions but i was like i don't want to pay an extra five dollars for water i'm not that thirsty so i went in and i was like oh shit great tiny it was one of the tiny. it was the tiniest theater it was one of those ones that looked like an oversized living room basically Yeah, yeah. So I went back and I went up to the top because I like seeing, you know, I like to perceive all. So I'm back there at the top and I'm chilling. And the trailers start. There's, you know, like that Truth or Dare trailer, Wrinkle in Time, weirdly enough. Around the time (sighs) the Quiet Place trailer happened, is when. That looks
1: so good. Quick sidebar.
0: um, This mother, this Pensatucky, like. A 50-year-old mother. Well, older than that because she had her two grown sons with her. Um, They all roll in. They sit in the very front row. And they're, like, commenting on the trailers. Who chooses the front row? I don't know. But they're commenting on the trailers. They're, like, you know, saying stuff. They're eating loud candy. And finally, at one point... The mom goes, is there anyone else here? And the son goes, yeah. And she turns around and sees me. And she's like, oh, oh, like as if I had just caught her in something. Like she was so shocked to see me there. And then she- Like you caught
1: her like flicking the bean or yeah, something. Yeah, or something.
0: So then she's like, she's like, she then turns back. And she's like, oh, sorry. And then like turns back around and they like stop talking. But I was like ready to murder. Um, and I was like, they ru-, I texted Craig. I was like, they ruined. my They ruined <laughs> my private showing. Um. So they were annoying, but they stopped being annoying when they realized they were not alone in the theater. Um, and after that was pretty chill. They did have one or two like weird laughs or like weird moments. I was like, "Why are you so into this? Into this movie? Why are you reacting?"
1: Right. Like you're you're only allowed to do that thing if you're truly like if your party is the only party. Yeah. And so
0: shush. So whatever. And then I just busted out of there at the end because I didn't want to.
1: Oh, I did too. I was so fast. It's like, bye. I don't even. I don't even think they got to like the scrolling
0: credits before I was already
1: gone. I was like, "Goodbye." Yeah.
0: So these were our viewing experiences. Before we get into talking about the movie, movie, do we have any horror headlines that we need to?
1: Oh gosh. So well, what's big right now? Um, the Secret Cloverfield movie. Oh yes. Yeah. So has got everybody talking. Cloverfield three, basically, the Cloverfield paradox.
0: Now, this um, is one of the ones it that it's it's in the Cloverfield thing where they all take place in different, like, they're different stories and different shit, right? I believe so. Because I never saw the first Cloverfield movie. I saw Cloverfield Lane, whatever, 9 Cloverfield Lane or whatever it was. 10. I was close. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting here and I was like, mm, you need to go higher. <laughs> um, I saw that and I know that, like, their concept for it was some weird thing where it's like, kind of in the same universe but not I don't know
1: yeah see it's weird and it's hard for us to talk about because I'm the reverse I've I've seen Cloverfield but I haven't seen 10 Cloverfield Lane
0: I'll tell you this about 10 Cloverfield Lane it was really really good until it got to the part where it was set in the Cloverfield nonsense sure like the last 15 minutes just ruined everything that was so great about the rest of the movie
1: yeah yeah, so I don't know. I don't I haven't looked into too much chatter about Cloverfield Paradox. Um I I feel like I, I don't know. I guess I can watch it. I guess I don't need to see 10 Cloverfield Lane first, but who's to say? I saw today JJ J. Abrams was talking about a movie called Overlord, which is basically oh Cloverfield 4, and that's coming our way soon. Yeah. Um
0: I don't know, they're doing so, weird things with this franchise. I don't very, hate weird it. Things with this franchise. I just think I don't understand it
1: yet. I haven't quite yeah. given enough time to it Well, because when yet. 10
0: Cloverfield Lane came out, people were so confused because they were like, okay, like, it's kind of Cloverfield, but it's a completely different story and they were like, it might not even take place in that. Like they're doing some kind of weird anthology series, but not really because they might be connected, but also they're not taking place in the same universe or something. But weirdly, why are aliens figuring in so many of them if that's true? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's, um, on that that's a movie. And I,
1: Other franchise horror headlines, um, some interesting things have been happening with child's play development recently. I, yeah, I saw today that, um, Don Mancini, uh, who's, um, the writer of, I think the last couple, uh, child's play Chucky scripts. Um, he did an interview with Bloody Disgusting and he said that a television series is in the works. Hmm um that they're kind they're going off of the end of the most recent movie in the franchise which I believe is Cult of Chucky which I haven't seen yet and uh going more darker and creepier than kind of like the camp that mm-hmm. the original series embodies which I thought would be sounds interesting um I don't know how far along this project is because like, I feel like last week I also saw a different interview with him where he was talking about a child's play movie where Chucky goes up against Adolf Hitler. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> so
0: we'll see. Mm-hmm. 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 So there's your, theirs is your horror headlines. No. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, when I, I'm interested in the Cloverfield, I'll probably end up watching it at some point. Um, some. i don't i don't dislike it and like i said like cloverfield lane was so so good until they kind of ruined it it was like it was honestly it was like a stephen king book it was mm. like other and then it was like rocky oh, yeah. on the landing yeah it's <laughs> like oh you didn't quite stick it there at the end um so yeah interesting stuff yeah so all right winchester that's as it that's is that's called which I first became aware of um, because I saw a TV spot for it. Because that's how much I've been paying attention, I guess. Um, I saw a TV spot for it like at the beginning of January. And I was like, oh, Helen Mirren's in this god-awful horror movie.
1: Uh, yes. Okay, let's, let's okay. take a moment. Let's let that <laughs> sink in, everybody. Helen,
0: Helen Mirren. Oscar.
1: Tony. Golden Globe, Emmy-winning actress, Helen Mirren, one of the most highly regarded actresses currently working, and ever, is in this movie. Yeah. And it is god-awful.
0: It felt, honestly, like I was watching something that should have been a Netflix original film or like one of those random B horror films that you know what just end up on Netflix well here's the thing yes
1: the ones that end up on Netflix because Netflix like Netflix has had some good original films Mm -hmm. I don't even think this was good enough for a Netflix original film Mm -hmm. like I like The Babysitter that was (laughs) a lot of fun (laughs) um Little Evil with Adam Scott was also a great ride Mm -hmm.
0: I didn't Um, I I liked open house a lot too. I didn't I wasn't a super fan of the ending but I I liked it. People hated it, but I liked it. I Um, as a film, the way it was made, it was pretty good. It's just I didn't like the ending of it.
1: I get that. I can I completely get why people didn't like the ending. It didn't I mean, some of the logistics of it bothered me, but like Yeah. The overall idea of the ending didn't.
0: I like the overall idea of the movie. It's just they harped too much on what ended up being a red herring to the point where it stopped being a right. red herring and it just kind of turned into like a dead end plot point. Right. So, yeah. Anyway, point is so background on the ex- movie itself, I guess. Um, this doctor, Dr. Eric Price. Um, basically is contacted by the Winchester Repeating Arms Company Mm -hmm. um, to do a psych evaluation, which I don't know if they existed at this point in time, but he's called to do one on um, Sarah Winchester, the widow of the man who created the Winchester rifle, um, to determine if she is of sound mind to continue running her company because she has been crazy neurotically obsessively doing construction on her her house which is like a fun house at this point um and they want to basically oust her from the board and from her position of control of the company and they want this doctor to declare her unfit so he's sent out there to live with her for about a week to do a psych evaluation is the setup the premise here yeah um he gets there and eerie things start happening in said haunted house um it's interesting because it's like I want to talk about the movie and the actual house separately but it's hard to separate them
1: it is hard to separate it's hard
0: to talk about the house without talking about the house
1: right um so let's do it let's shall we start with like a little background on the house Yes, and the Winchesters yeah the Winchester house um so the Winchester Mystery House is um a Queen Anne Queen Anne style Victorian mansion in San Jose, but times like 5 <laughs> on one <Yeah. all> side, <laughs> California. Yeah. It's that is renowned for its size and its very strange architectural um layout, mm-hmm. I guess. The house did not have a master plan at any point during its construction Mm -hmm. and it belonged to um the winchester fam i don't know if william winchester ever lived there he did not
0: she yeah yeah they i've been to the house um right so that comes up in the is that she it was after her husband died of tuberculosis she used the inheritance to purchase the property okay that the house would eventually sit on
1: Right. Okay. They give you the so whole Sarah, And that's Sarah Winchester, the wife now widow of William Winchester, uh, the um, owner of the Winchester Automatic Rifle. The
0: gun that won the
1: West. Company. The gun that won the West. The mansion was built um, primarily in 1884. And almost immediately after its initial construction... <clears throat> Um it was claimed to have been haunted. And specifically, it was claimed to have been haunted by the ghosts of all those who were killed by Winchester rifles. Which was a lot of people. <laughs> that is a lot of people. <laughs> and the film kind like gets into this. I don't know, maybe Miss Mill, you can talk about, you know, a bit more about like the legend and the lore of the house. The film has a, a plot point of the story that um, you know it 's haunted by the ghosts of those who were killed by the rifles, and that in order to appease them, Sarah recreates rooms in the mansion, reflecting the locations in which some of these victims died in
0: so that was my first that was not my first that was one of the red flags that I threw up at this film because um I visited the house years ago. Um, We were out in San Francisco for a weekend and um, we obviously were like, oh, fuck, let's go to the the Winchester house, Um, which is fairly in the middle of things. Like, it's interesting because I've described it to people. It's not as big as you think it is. Like size wise, it doesn't take up the overall perimeter of the house does not take up that much room. A lot of the crazy square footage is internal. Like, it's rooms added Mm. onto rooms and that sort of thing. So the house itself is actually fairly compact from the outside. Um, But basically, what they told us when we were there is that the reason for the construction was was not that. I don't know where they got that from. The reason for the construction of the house, the way she was doing it, was because she was being told by good spirits like spirits like that wanted to help her essentially um how to construct the house to confuse the evil ones that that wanted to like hunt her down and and get revenge on her like it was a way to hide from these evil spirits to make this incredibly confusing abode which if you think about feng shui and if you believe into any of that sort of energy stuff at all that comes in mm-hmm. i know that there was um an episode of a haunting years ago about a family that moved into a house that basically was haunted and somebody came in a a spiritualist of some sort came in and basically told them that according to the rules of feng shui and that sort of thing, whoever designed the house designed it to be like an evil house because of the energy. So there, you know, there was a school of thought there. So the idea is that Sarah Winchester was building the house as a way to, divert the energy and and protect herself she did do those nightly seances that you see um in the movie at midnight they ring a bell she goes into the seance room and basically draws up plans that the ghosts send her for a new room which in the movie it's for a room where someone died in and she's Mm -hmm. recreating a room and they can go in there and
1: and she helps them find peace.
0: By, like, making them relive their most traumatic moment, but whatever. Yeah, that wasn't, like, exactly <laughs> was it? Yeah, but basically what they told us when we were there was that she would do these seances to get instructions for where to build the house next, but again, it was these good, nice spirits trying to protect her, saying, okay, do this and build this, and that's a way to just continually confuse the shit out of these ghosts who were who were coming after her. crazy yeah yeah so that is the that is the why of this crazy um why the house is so strange yeah oh my god there are i think there's more than one staircase that leads to nowhere i actually think the one that they used in the movie i don't well maybe actually the one in the movie is the original what it looked like originally because it doesn't look like that now if that's the same one it doesn't mm. curve up that way it's just a straight up there's like a staircase to nowhere it's crazy it's kind of creepy
1: yeah that yeah. would be creepy
0: um but that is well thing. there's
1: like there's like doors that open into nowhere right and like yeah. like and
0: like, there's yeah like the, there was one shot early in the film when doctor when the doctor shows up this maid opens a door that just basically opens into an open loft space where you would just oh, like, right, tumble yeah. down So that's the thing. Um, But yeah, so essentially in this film we meet Dr. Price. Who's like addicted to drugs and alcohol. And like with all these prostitutes when they come over. And they never explain... First of all, why Sarah Winchester allows... I guess they kind of explain it later maybe because it turns out... At first I'm thinking to myself, why the hell... Because they're like, okay, you're doing a psyche valve. And he's like, well, it's going to be hard for me to do a right. psyche valve from a distance. For a recluse. Yeah, for yeah. a recluse. And they're like, oh, no, she's invited yeah. you to stay at her house. And I was like, that seems fucking weird. And he's
1: being sent, we should say, by the board of the Winchester Rifle Company. Yeah, like,
0: why would she allow that?
1: Because they want to assess her ability to
0: Make run decisions, the or whatever. Make decisions,
1: yeah. or whatever, which. I don't know the historical, I mean, I know when her husband died, she inherited the fortune, but I mm-hmm. don't, she, like, do you know if she actually inherited, like, a present? She president owned half of the, company? the company. She owned half of it, okay. She owned
0: half the company. I don't think it was a half that she, she didn't do anything with it. Like, she just was basically paid daily yeah, by yeah, the yeah. company as an owner. Um, Dream job. Yeah, she basically owned half the company, it was paid the equivalent of $25,000 a day. Today, it would be $25,000 a day um, just to, like, literally just exist.
1: Well, like I said, yeah. dream job. Dream job.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And it is kind of confusing as to why she would put him up in the mansion instead of just, like, being like, dude, find a hotel. And yeah. Come hang out. Like, <laughs> come hang out with me whenever you need to. Um, it doesn't make sense. The writing is the writing is weak. The writing is flimsy as fuck. Uh, and it, and that's the, like that's like the big underlying bulk of like what we're talking about here, right? Like this story was like oozing with potential.
0: Oh my um, god. And it's funny cuz my sister, she saw the ad for it cuz she was watching Ghost Adventures because um, they did a special about this which we're going to get into because I have some things to say about when Ghost Adventures was at the Winchester house too but they did a special for it with this movie where they went back to the Winchester house and they showed previews and my sister was saying she was watching it and she was like oh whatever a movie like she wasn't really paying attention to what it was called or what it was about but when the woman yeah. went I'm Sarah Win-, she was like I'm Sarah Winchester my sister was like oh shit that's so cool <laughs> like she was so excited and then she realized that they were turning it into like this kind of of like really blunt horror movie and she was like oh like really like there's so much potential in this story because it's so fucking bonkers yeah i mean
1: you it you've got like the real life history you can draw on with like all the weird idiosyncrasies of sarah winchester as a person of the house its strangeness the fact that it's haunted you had and and like even from a technical standpoint, you had Helen Mirren in your cast. Yeah. Um, Jason Clark, Jason Clark's. Jason Clark, in his actor. movie. Yeah, he's really good. Ivan um, Farron is not bad either. <laughs> no, he's not. He's a good actor. He proved that um and the Twin Peaks I mean, return. And um and you had all of these puzzle pieces, and you could have made a really good film. And it, so we just have, like, I'm just asking the question, how did this not work? Yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to figure that out between the two of us.
0: Yeah. We got this. We're in rewrites. right. <laughs> We're the script doctor team that they didn't hire. Yeah, um, we sure are. So the first bit, um, the doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He So Dr. Price, basically, when we meet him, he's high and doing parlor tricks, basically, for these hookers, I assume. In his house um, when they show up and say, we want you to go do this. And he accepts it because he's got debts. He's got a mortgage and he's drunk constantly, I guess. I don't know. They don't really explain, like, the debts. Yeah, I'm not... They just... They just... I don't know. (laughs) I... I,
1: Because I was... assumed that, like, he... He lost like a practice maybe. He lost a the
0: practice. They mentioned but, hospital but still, expenses, which makes me think, okay, it has something to do with when we find out later that he actually was, he was shot and killed. Was shot with a Winchester, with rifle. a Winchester rifle for about well, for three minutes. There's your Chekhov
1: shotgun, literally.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there were so many, though. Yeah, yeah. So, like, the idea is that um, he's in me- he's in debt. He's probably lost his job, um, and
1: he's he's struggled. Here's what I will say: what I kind of liked about what they did with the opening, like, I thought it was communicated well. That, uh, like, his, um, I thought we got a good clue about like the nature of his depression and his heartbreak,
0: mm-hmm.
1: because, like. I don't know, did you get the impression that, like, he might have not actually, like, slept with the prostitutes? Like, he yeah, just, might, just, like, just the them for company? Yeah. That he was, like, lonely?
0: Yeah. No, and um, that's the thing, is the first half or so of this movie isn't actually all that bad. It's when you get into the, the supernatural shit that it's annoying. Because I was thinking to myself, even the opening, I'll call it the prologue bit with the ginger child was actually not bad. It was pretty well rendered until, you know, you took the bag off and his eyes were the way they were. And I was like, all right, that's a little, the bag was a good detail. Never explained, <clears throat> but a good. detail. Yeah. But the eyes and the, like when they had his eyes, cause basically what happens in the very first scene is this kid wakes up. Um, and he starts sleepwalking and his mom goes to get him and he's got a bag over his head and she pulls the bag over his, off his head. And his eyes are like white. Like there's no, like they're creepy and stuff, but it's like, And then they go away. So it's like, okay, he's possessed, whatever. He's obnoxiously red-haired. Like, to the point where I'm like, okay, clearly there was somebody in real life who had red hair. And you're trying to emulate that very painfully, like, bluntly? But whatever. So that's that. And then we cut to the doctor. So, yeah, they Mm -hmm. show up. Like, I don't, you know, this bit is good. Like, he's there. They're, like, taking... I will say by the time we get later into the movie, they had too many shots of that, that bottle.
1: Oh, my God. The laudanum.
0: Yeah, it was too much. It so was too much. So basically, yeah, they're, you know, they're drugged out. They're abusing medication. Um, you know, There's a very good sense of who he is. He clearly owes... They say they're going to pay him $600 to do this, which is kind of the equivalent of like around 12000 ish in that time, give or take, my ability to do math on that, but that's about what it is. It's like over ten thousand dollars, basically. They're paying him because um, he says he needs three hundred to pay off his debt. But um, they're for like, one vow. That's pretty good. Yeah, and they're like, as long as you give us the right answer, basically, they want him to right. declare her insane. Um, so he's like, all right, I'll do it. Um, so he heads out there. And he gets the house, and there's a million guys doing construction. He's like, oh, this is fun. <clears throat> and they give him the whole tour and the spiel. Now, one part I thought they also did very well was prolonging the reveal of Sarah because it felt very um, like Jane Irish with what's his face? Um, mm. With the, Roger,
1: like, um, Yeah. Rochester. And, uh rochester and the wife in the yeah. attic and that. it felt yeah.
0: very rochester it felt very beauty and the beast like that was good it was very gothic with the way it was like just people were talking about mrs winchester and you know yada yada and we don't see her for like a solid and, half hour into the film
1: right and she has these rules and they yeah. must be followed and she deserves respect and da, 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 da because when uh Jason Clark, uh, the, the Price, Dr. Price character, is there. He's greeted by Mrs. Winchester's niece mm-hmm. from the prologue, and she's taking him to his room and explaining all these rules. And they, it's very clear. Everybody knows why he's there. It's awkward. There's tension. There's animosity. Mm-hmm. And it's all sort of building up to this dinner scene on the first night where Mrs. Winchester dramatically reveals herself.
0: To us right that's me walking to dinner every night for the rest <laughs> of my life basically talk- Karen Mir- Helen Mir- they're sitting in there waiting for her they're all dolled up and they hear the bell rings, so they stand and here comes Helen Mirren in a black dress in a black veil taking like with her hands clasped in front of her at the chest just like walking very methodically into like- the room <laughs> Like, if you've like,
1: ever seen, like, pictures of uh, Queen Victoria, like, after Prince Albert died, yeah. she was in full mourning for, like, the rest of her life. Like, that's what this was.
0: She comes in, they stand up, she sits down, she peels back the veil. <gasps> it's great. It was great. I was, like, you know, the, the queen
1: in me was, like, yes, girl! Yeah. <laughs> Which she did play the queen. So, she sure know. did.
0: I was, like, I need to get me one of them veils. Yeah. So- <laughs> So that whole bit I liked a lot. I liked the way that they prolonged the reveal of Sarah. I liked the way that she came into the, you know, because it all felt very gothic. Like it felt very, you know, it was good. Um, And I love a good gothic tale. I love a haunted house story. Yes. Oh my God. I just don't love this haunted house story. No, because this one devolves after that. So basically they have dinner. I forget what happened at dinner. Honestly, I saw this movie today and I don't remember anything significant happening at dinner. Except that the kid either. was an annoying piece of shit before Sarah showed up.
1: Yeah, I don't remember what happens at dinner. So I don't
0: know. I guess nothing happens at dinner. It was probably awkward. I don't know. They retire to their chambers. Um, the doctor gets woken up at... Oh, I guess before dinner is when he starts to see ghosts. And when he's getting ready, when he's shaving. Yeah, he sees ghosts in his room and he just thinks he's seeing things because he's doing drugs or whatever. Which, you know... Fair assessment. Um, so that night, after dinner, he gets woken up by the bell. The bell goes off at midnight every night, he gets woken up. So he decides to take a stroll. And um, for some reason, he's hiding from everyone. I don't understand that. I don't
1: either. Because
0: at that point, he wasn't like, I'm confined like, to this quarters. Is, like,
1: like straight up, like he's hiding from the help. Yeah, he's hiding and from
0: the construction workers. Like as, as if he can't be out of, of the bed. house.
1: Like just going off of what would have been social norms in 1906, he would not have had to hide from the hell. Yeah,
0: he's he could have like, gone wh-
1: wherever he wanted. To. Yeah,
0: he basically just gets up and goes for a walk in the middle of the night while the construction workers are working on the house, and but he's like acting like he's doing something like wrong. I don't know. It's weird. But basically, he stumbles upon this garden house, but he can't get in. It's boarded up. Um. He wanders around some more. He sees and hears some weird things. He sees Sarah, like, looking at something in her den or something. And sees some more ghosts. But, you know, is like, oh wow, I need to lay off the whatever. Um, I think eventually he just goes back to his room and goes to... Go- oh, no, wait, is that when the boy jumps? Is that it? Or is that the next night? I think it's that night. Uh, I think it's that night. Yeah, so basically what ends up happening is our kid, Ginger McGee... Um, Henry <laughs> Henry Ginge
1: Ginge but Ginge
0: uh, Gets woken up Classic Ginge This time he walks himself He's got the bag over his head Like last time But he walks himself out Onto the scaffolding And just Steps off And the doctor yeah. like Is like holy shit And sees it And he catches the kid Before he hits the ground mm. um, And it's a whole ordeal And then there's like another moment
1: Like he takes the bag off And like for a, a brief second Um, he sees that Henry's eyes are like they were in the prologue, they're Mm -hmm. white, and he says something sinister to... He says, like, I
0: see you or something like that. I can't
1: remember what it is. Something that doesn't
0: matter basically. It never comes back.
1: It doesn't come back. And then he's, like, normal. He's awake again, and and the mom is there, and Mrs. Winchester is there, and and it's whatever.
0: Yeah. So... The next day, he starts his actual psych evals. Like he goes in to speak to, like, do an interview with Sarah, who's immediately like turning it around on him and asking him, like, "Are you a drug user? Are you a blah blah blah?" And they have a, two of these, and they blur together for me because they're both wearing the same clothes and they both have And
1: it lets be real. Both of those scenes are really boring.
0: They are. Basically, what we learn between the two of them is that Eric. Dr. Price was shot at some point. He was killed by a Winchester rifle for three minutes. I don't know how they brought him back in the era before fucking defibrator those things. I can't say them. I can never say them. Defibrillators? Also.
1: Defibrillators. Defibrillators, yeah. Defibrillators.
0: Point is, there's no fucking way they brought him back. Because I don't even think also, CPR
1: worked When, back when we find out at the end the exact circumstances of how he was shot, like, there's no I'm pretty way. sure there was nobody else around. Yeah. He's dead. He's Bruce willis in this shit. Whatever.
0: Yeah, but basically we learn because Sarah knows because she keeps records of everybody that she is aware of who was killed by a Winchester rifle. Because she feels guilty. And this is true to life. Like, Sarah felt very guilty about what exactly... That's what happened at dinner. Okay, so backtrack a little bit. They have this gun (laughs) control debate. Turn around! Turn the car around! (sighs) They have this gun control debate at dinner. That is good, but it's also, like, very much, like, basically as if I was having this debate today with someone. Like, it was very, very on the nose.
1: But that's basically
0: Sarah talks about how much she hates the Winchester... Because they're starting to make rollerblades or something. Like, they're trying to do something, like, completely benign. Um... Because yeah. she's like feels guilty about the fact that her husband made his fortune off of these things. Because basically, what the doctor says, he's like, "Oh, I saw the ad for the new Winchester rifle. It's very good at what it does." And she's like, "And what is that?" And he's like, "I don't know. Firing accuracy." And she's like, "Kidding people." Um, he's like, "Yeah, I guess." And then the the niece chimes <laughs> in with like, "Well, like they do do good. It depends on who's holding the weapon, which is literally." The whole guns are bad versus guns aren't bad, people are bad debate, <laughs> but they don't yeah. give you an answer in the movie. Like those two no, have it out, and, and then they like end the conversation.
1: And the way it's written is that it's clearly meant for a modern audience to project onto and relate to, which is fine. Mm-hmm. That's the filmmaking and a creative thing, but you have to do it in a. You still have to do it in the right way. And this was—I don't know. For me, it just—it just felt like hackneyed and sort of like, I know what you're doing, and now I'm hyper aware of that, and I'm hyper aware that this is not the way they would have had this conversation in 1906. Well,
0: plus because too, this is a very like think about it, 1906, and this woman is aware that these guns are that guns are bad, and is Mm. and is completely like historically speaking, like I'm talking about the real Sarah Winchester, 1906, even before then says, guns are bad. What my husband did was bad. I am so ashamed that I get all this money and I have amassed this fortune in my life off of an instrument that is meant to, when it works perfectly, kill someone else. Like, you could argue that Sarah Winchester is, like, the first known advocate for gun control. <laughs> um, So it's like, this is a thing, this is so interesting. Like, why are you forcing a modern lens on this? You know, I myself am Mm -hmm. a huge advocate for gun control. I hate guns. I have never owned a gun in my life. I was going to say I've never touched a gun. That's not true because there was that guy that one time at ScareHouse who handed me a pistol at security. (laughs) So I have touched a gun, Um, but my point, you know, like, so it's like I'm on the side of like, you know, taking this movie and saying, okay, it's, you know, talking, trying to talk about the gun control debate, but it's like, historically speaking, you are looking at somebody who was one of the first public figures of this debate, like, but they don't do anything with that, but you don't do anything with that. You force a very shallow modern lens onto it and then you like move on from it because their conversation at dinner doesn't go anywhere. And they, like, change the subject after they that. Do. They're like, all right, but, like, the caviar is great or something. <clears throat> so, like, whatever. So, okay, fast forward again. They're having their for their their interviews. Sarah feels really guilty. She's got a record of everyone who was killed by a Winchester rifle. And Dr. Price is on that list. And he, he tells her, he's like, well, as you can see, I'm clearly still alive. So you should take me out of your records. And she's, like, obsessed with this. She's like, oh, my God, what's it like to die? Like, tell me every thought you've had. Yeah. <laughs> since day. yeah it was a bit cultish yeah no and that's honestly I enjoyed that um characterization of her because she very much felt like like that felt like a real person because like there are people yeah. like that we know who are totally like let me read your tarot and like right do your star chart and all this other crap I'm sorry if you practice that stuff, but like all this like where they get in your face with it, right? Where she's like, Tell me about death. Have you seen a spiritualist? I once saw the medium who told me this, and it's like, back up.
1: Right. And I yeah, and I think we can all relate to someone like that who is a bit over enthusiastic mm-hmm. about um something some sort of spiritual or religious belief that like we might not mm-hmm. subscribe to, but we've encountered somebody that that's yeah. their that's their their law, their bread and butter. And it's just kind of like, slow your roll.
0: Yeah. The doctor is not slow your roll. He's like, you know, not even about to like entertain her. He's, he's not even, yeah. Like, he's, he's like, I want to get answers out of you, but I don't care. <laughs> he's not even, he's not even vaguely shimmying,
1: let alone rolling.
0: Yeah. But yeah, so basically what we learn is that he was shot by a rifle. He died for a couple minutes. He somehow got brought back to life in 1906, before CPR and defibrillators. Um, and he Whatever. keeps the bullet that killed him with him, for some reason.
1: He had it... Next to a locket of, his, of a woman.
0: Of a woman. Who were led to... He had a pi- some containing a picture of a woman. He had some muttering dreams where we were led to believe, okay this woman was close to him. She might've been a patient of some sort because she's talking about hearing voices and stuff and he's trying to help her.
1: And there's a couple lines where it's like the Mary and the niece is asking, Oh, do you, have you ever loved somebody that you would die for them? And he says, yes. And, and that's like, that's like another thing for me, right? Like there's so many like horror, specifically like ghost movie cliches mm-hmm. in here. Like that's one of them. I'm thinking of the one, like the rocking chair with nobody in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, When like the the main character is like slowly going to touch something, and then like something
0: else jumps,
1: something else jumps out at them and stuff or whatever. Like the chair, And it's just like there's plenty more. But I was just like, seriously,
0: yeah. But basically, that's the important thing that we learned from these conversations is that Sarah basically, and this kind of answers, I guess, our question as to why Sarah would invite him to the house is because she's like weirdly into like talking to him because he was killed by a rifle and came back to life. And she's like into that. Right. Oh, yeah, because we, we, there's, there's
1: a detail that's given, um, in the beginning before he gets to the house that Sarah has specifically chosen him. Yeah. Because like, he
0: was in her records of people who were. Yeah they're
1: rifles. they're like oh we're, we're we need to send a psychiatrist or whatever and he's just like okay are there no psychiatrists in san jose <laughs> and they're like well, she picked you and he's like that's weird okay
0: yeah so more weird shit happens um i honestly don't remember the middle bit of the movie there's like creepy jump scares and that sort of thing but basically this stuff culminates yeah, those fucking jump
1: scares like Guys, not a single one of them are original. You no, can see all I, of them coming a mile away. There's no... You know what I don't like? You know what is really frustrating about this movie? There's no buildup of suspense at, at, at any point. Like, in the narrative, in, in the jump scare moments, which... Really? See, this is my thing. There's no buildup of suspense. Like, the filmmakers don't earn anything that's meant to try and scare you, and therefore it doesn't scare you. It's just like the Winchester Mystery
0: House. The Winchester Mystery House. It's built into the name. Like, no, 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 no. Like, get Like, they very much quickly try to fill the audience in on everything that happened and why it's happening and want to get you up to speed so that you know everything by the time you get to the house. It's like, no, don't tell me that. First of all, don't make this a psyche val movie with a doctor who's like waxing philosophic about fear and psychology. Like, I oh, think But this movie should have been about some maid or some construction worker who gets sent to work on this fucked up bonkers
1: but house or, project. Or you know what? You know what you just saying made me think of. You know what would be a, actually a really good movie if if this movie was a psychological horror movie and they didn't commit. To, like, if, they, if the, the ghosts and the spirit yeah. if they just, if they just, if that was left as a question, yeah. and, like, weird things were happening, but that was never confirmed, and it was just like, is she crazy? Is he going crazy? That could have actually been a really good movie.
0: Yeah. This could have been, like, session nine in the Winchester um, house. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Shit happens. I don't know. Basically, it all culminates with, um, what the fuck happens? Something happens to the kid. Oh, he tries to shoot Sarah. So Sarah's walking yeah. on the crazy switchback staircase, which is stupid and crazy, by the way. I've walked it. It's weird. It's You feel dumb walking it because it takes so long. But basically right. she's on the switchback staircase in the house and the kid shows up and he's got a rifle. Because basically one night this ghost tells her to build a room full of Winchester rifles on display because this is the room that said ghost died in, which is completely counter- to what we get at the beginning of the movie when yep. the niece tells Dr. Price that she, Sarah does not allow any firearms in the house in the house suddenly she wants every single Winchester rifle make and model she says on display in this room and for some <laughs> reason they're loaded fucking
1: continuity
0: like oh uh... and <laughs> they're loaded right they're loaded so basically this kid under possession of the ghost goes into said room pulls a rifle off display evidently it's loaded Because he starts shooting at Sarah at point-blank range and misses, like, three times somehow. But he's shooting at her until, basically, um, he runs out of... Or I guess he doesn't run out of bullets. The gun jams, because they pull bullets out later. So I guess the gun jams. So he starts beating her with the rifle until the doctor and the mom show up and, like, tackle the kid. And he comes back to life. And he's like, what the hell? And Sarah's like, we must must cleanse. Because, basically, they have this thing. It's like, they build a room... For a ghost, the ghost enters the room and then they lock the room by nailing 13 nails into the door and that seals the ghost in. So right. she's like, we must do that here. So she locks the doctor and the kid and the mother in the room. But then like, there's a secret entrance out of the room, but it has 13 coat hooks in it. I don't know. It's really weird.
1: But then yeah, she like, I, opens the door I, and
0: walks in. So I
1: don't... <laughs> literally scoffed out loud when she opened that panel and just, like, the first thing, she was just, like, 13 coat hooks. And then just, like, walked into the room
0: <laughs> as if that Ellen. explained everything. I was, I was like, like okay. I was like, what? So, basically, <laughs> that happens. Obviously, it doesn't work. Um, this is, I I'm guess. I'm putting 13 coat hooks on every door in my apartment. Right. <laughs> So basically the doctor wants to call a hospital because he's like, the boy is disturbed. And the mom believes him because like she and the doctor had a conversation about like mental sanity or something the night before. So she's siding with the doctor and Sarah's like, I'll prove to you that this is real, that I'm not crazy. Um, And basically shit hits the fan at this point. Um, And what ends up happening is this butler, this staff man, played by Iman Farron, that Doctor Price had encountered when he first came into the the apartment he or the uh, mansion he like had some sarcastic remark and like looked to this butler man for like confirmation of like ah yeah, good good one but the guy doesn't react and he shows up once or twice again throughout the movie and he shows up here to help the doctor get his bags so he can get ready for the hospital car that never shows up even though he calls nope. and says bring me a hospital car and they say okay. Um, and basically this Butler man leads him to the staircase to nowhere and he's talking about, he's like, oh no, I believe what Sarah's saying. Like I've seen the ghosts and you've seen the ghosts. Isn't that interesting? Like, I think we're special because we've both seen the ghosts and he leads him to the staircase to nowhere. And he's like, what I think she's doing is just delaying the inevitable. And the doctor's like, why is that? And he's like, well, cause everyone, you know, they're all Winchesters. And then the doctor turns around the dude's like a demon. Spoiler alert like, from
1: here on out? Yeah, he's like,
0: and Winchesters have to die or whatever. So it turns out this random butler is like actually a ghost.
1: Which um, I saw coming. Because it seemed unfair. Yeah, and I was just kind of like, mm, here's the thing. Um, oh, there was like a moment where I like realized what was going to happen. I was like, oh, he's not actually, whatever.
0: Well, the thing that- is... is- Iman Farron looks a lot like Ari Miller who was in the last two two seasons or one, season four I can't remember, of Orphan Black. So I was like, is that Ari like, Miller? That? At first, And I was like, no, that's the facial structure of Iman Farron. And I was like, why would they cast Iman Farron as this random part? This random like, footman dude. Um. So basically what it turns out is that this butler is the ghost of a confederate soldier who he his brothers were killed in the civil war and despite the fact that it's war and you expect for that to happen to soldiers, he takes it personally that it was Winchester rifles that killed them and freaks out and goes on a spree and like basically ends up getting shot by the popo with Winchester rifles inside a room, a store, I guess, of Winchester rifles, essentially, is what happens. There's, like, a standoff, and he ends up dead. So he's, like, here to exact revenge or whatever. Um, and, like, people get separated, and basically what ends up happening is that... Well, the
1: earthquake happens.
0: The earthquake happens, which was a real thing, and we'll get yeah, into that. The
1: 1906 earthquake, which so, did destroy part of the house.
0: Yes. So that happens, but basically what ends up happening is that the bullet that the dear doctor has kept uh, Sarah Winchester says earlier in the movie, that things that have a connection to death have power or something like that. And basically what she surmises is, is that, Oh, the bullet can kill the ghost because he shoots at the ghost several times because Sarah can't see the ghosts, but the doctor can cause he's died and he's like, the bullets are going right through him. So then he pulls out his, you know, his bullet, his special bullet, puts in the gun and shoots at the 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 colonel or what it was he colonel what I don't know sergeant captain who knows whatever he shoots him and kills him
1: or cares
0: and then everyone, my favorite <laughs> bit is when she's like all right everyone go back to your rooms because during the earthquake oh yeah everyone the gets let out of their rooms but they're like helpful to the doctor and stuff and then like after all this is done they go back into their like little prisons I guess it's weird yeah they're just like okay. But we do learn that basically what ended up happening, because his wife is one of the ghosts. His wife is the ghost in the garden house. um, And that's why he was so interested in it, because they basically remade his garden house because his wife was going to commit suicide because she basically had schizophrenia or something. Um, And he tried to stop her and he got shot as a result. And um, when she saw that and thought he was dead, she she shot herself. So it was a whole thing. Right, but yeah, at the end of all this, that happens. the doctor gives her a clear psyche vow, says, no, she's of sound mind, she knows what she's talking about, yada, yada, and then like leaves and the end
1: and the end and and that's that's Winchester, and yeah. as you can tell, man, that story was was bad, but you know, I will give them um the sets were great, the costumes were were cool, too. Um, I did, like... I don't know. It was, it was visually appealing. <clears throat> like, at least in that regard. Um, and just, again, like, this cast. Like, even the... the supporting players. Like, so much wasted potential. Like, if anyone has seen um, the horror movie Jezebel, Sarah Snook is in that. And she's really good. And she, was, she played uh, Marion, the niece... And I just, I don't know. Yeah. Helen Mirren was, was just so wasted to me. Yeah. Like, she has a couple, like, when she does that, like, she does, like, coy looks and stuff or whatever. Like, and,
0: casting Helen Mirren as Serum Woodchester <sighs> is so great, but doing it in this movie was so... No,
1: nothing. because there's, there's nothing subtle about her performance. There's no depth really to it like she's the avenue to get into the story like but then she's just kind of like a bystander you know what I mean and like I think she should have been our focus especially when you have such talent bringing that character yeah to life it just doesn't make any sense and like I hate to say it but this is not a good performance from Helen Mirren. And I don't entirely blame her for that. Like, I don't think she had good enough material to work with. Um, but it just it wasn't good. Yeah. Um,
0: so, back to the real house and the real mystery. So, yes. She spent her entire life, and there's like that bit at the end where they're like, "Oh, this is where are they now? Basically, with the, the text or whatever. Um, she spent her entire life building this house like it construction on it only stopped when she died because she was told she could never stop building um to ward off the spirits um but yes so the house has a floating foundation which if you watch um any hgtv shows you will know what that means but basically you know it means that the house the foundation is not flush to the ground um and it was partially destroyed in the 1906 earthquake. The film tried to make it out to be that Eamon Farin is causing this earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Um, to yeah. Which we all said no. So basically the house has <clears throat> an estimated 161 rooms. 40 of which are bedrooms. There are two ballrooms. One is completed and one is on. Un- unfinished. The completed one, as the movie tells us, was built with um, using almost no nails, which I thought was going to come back especially with their preoccupation with nails later in the film, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, whatever, that's a fun fact. Um there are 47 fireplaces in the house. There are 10,000 panes of glass. There are 17 chimneys. There are two basements and there are three elevators. There are 13 bathrooms, nice. all of which were functional at the time of construction because there was a fuck ton of construction workers. Now I don't think any of them are functional. I think they've Probably all not. been disbanded.
1: So, guys, you can't do sit out in the Winchester Mystery no, you House.
0: Can't. You can try. Um,
1: but please don't.
0: It used to be at the peak, it was 162 acres, the property that it sat on. It's now only about four acres. Which is a huge reduction. <laughs> Basically, if you go to it, the only bit of property is, like, a completely... It's the house. Like, it's in the middle of, like, a city, essentially. It's not super... It's not, like, off on a grange, out in the field. Like, it's in the middle of an urban area. There's just this weird-as-fuck sprawling Victorian mansion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um... But yeah, so basically, one interesting thing is that in 2006, they discovered a new room in the house. Oh, wow. Yeah, that they did not previously know about. It was an attic space um, that had a pump organ in it, Um, a Victorian coach, um, some sewing machines and paintings. Basically, it was a storage area um, that they didn't know existed until 2016. Um, On... Every Friday the 13th, they do this creepy thing where the bell rings 13 times at 1 p.m., which is 1,300 hours, mm-hmm. which seems kind of dangerous. Yeah, I think you're just asking for trouble. Um, but yeah, so but going back to the 13 thing, because we talked about that, right? So there's 13 nails, 13 coat hooks, all that stuff. That was a real thing in the house. Um. Thirteen coders. That's just gonna be my explanation from everything from now on. Thirteen coats. Thirteen coders. The chandelier in the the house has thirteen holds thirteen candles. <clears throat> All the wall hooks for coats in the house are thirteen. Like it's thirteen hooks for some reason. Um, like that was a thing. <laughs> um, and then the um one of the glass windows, like the spider web pattern on the glass windows, has thirteen colored stones in it. Um, the drains in each of the sinks have thirteen holes. 13 holes. So it's like a I don't. She, there was some. There's some attention to detail in this house, um, and it's insane. And it was wasted on this film. <laughs> totally wasted,
1: you guys. Guys, it's ju- it's just, it's just. <sighs> Oh my god. It's just the production is just so flimsy and so
0: it's slow. Did you think it was slow? It was. This is the thing is they spent the first 20 minutes of the film basically trying to rush to fill the audience in on the Winchester Mystery House itself as if like we all haven't seen the travel channel. Um yeah. And basically trying to give us as much backstory and everything as we could before the plot started. And then it was like 40 minutes of plot. And then it was like, I don't even know. (laughs) Well, then it was just nonsense and it was cliches like we've talked about. And
1: it was, and, and even when like you could tell that they were trying, like they were getting ready to like make their mark, they just ended up like aping, like better haunted house films, like the haunting or the others. Yeah. Yeah you know, and I'm just like, okay, like you failed and, and just, I don't know. It didn't make sense. Like I didn't understand the rules of the ghosts. Like, like they could be there or they couldn't be there, how they affected the living world. Like nothing, none of that was really like spelled out. I'm like, why are certain ghosts released? But like the main one is going on a rampage and has to be stopped. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah. The idea
1: is fine, but it didn't make a lot
0: of sense. Well, I hate mythologizing. Like, I hate that in horror films. Like, don't explain to me what the hell is going on. I don't no, know.
1: No. I, I. Yeah, I'm usually against mythologizing in horror films, but I need to feel a sense of consistency even if well, no, your rules aren't
0: spelled out to I me. I was like, you spelled out the rules and you did it horribly. Yeah.
1: Like... Like, this I don't is even a house, know. I don't is even a house know that. that
0: makes no sense, right? So no, it's it like, doesn't. that's the perfect setting for a psychological horror film that makes no sense. Like, you don't know what's going on. You know, there's so much, like, turn of the screw in here you could go for.
1: And, that's like, the changeling.
0: Example. Like, you could channel all yeah. these really good things into this movie. And you just, you went for fucking, you know, like, CGI supernatural haunted house story.
1: And we're not really driving towards anything, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Like, the reveals, like, of the the, the captain or whatever, like, that's, that's really lackluster. It's boring. Like, it's just really boring. And I'm also kind of, like, bummed because I don't, like, now I feel like this story, the story of Sarah Winchester, the story of the mystery house, now, like, it's not going to get touched again for, like, a really long time. And that bums me out because I don't know. Something much more original could have been done. Maybe we'll have to like do our own thing now. Because I know. Now I'm so like,
0: ethically. I was like, Craig yeah. and I are already writing the screenplay.
1: Yeah, we've got this.
0: Because, and we said this,
1: it's, it's all there. The pieces are all there. Like, and I don't know. Now, because of like, very like less than stellar reaction that the film is getting like I think this whole subject is gonna sort of be like "Mm, let's put this over in the corner you know what I mean like yeah we're kind of done with this one it's
0: basically open for Craig and I to just like swoop in (laughs) yeah and take on um but yeah and that's the thing it's like you know like we've all been interested in it we all know about it we've all seen the ghost adventures episodes and that sort of thing we've i've been to the house like you can tour the house like we all know vaguely what the winchester mystery house is like this movie very much treats it like nobody knows
1: yeah
0: um and it's like no we're all which
1: (sighs) you that would have been a cool like what if you took that angle what if you just were just like we're not really going to explain it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're just going to like you. Just you'll just have to figure it out on your own. That would have made it better. Yeah. I don't and know.
0: like that's the thing is like totally because there's debate to that too. Like that's the thing is people even debate about why she was building the house. Like how true it was that she was channeling spirits, and if she wasn't, what the hell did she think she was doing? Mm-hmm. You know, like. This house is real. Like, this shit is real. Like, this, you can walk into it and walk into walls and trip downstairs and that sort of thing. Like, it's not like it's fake. Like, even if it's not supernatural or she wasn't talking to ghosts, what the hell was going on in her brain that she convinced people to work around the clock to to build this nutso house, right? Like, that's a crazy story.
1: That's what I'm saying, you know? Like, if you had gone pure psychological horror... I like I just I feel like I can see it. I can see what that movie would look like and it would be awesome.
0: Yeah. If we're going to write it. It'll be fine. We're going to pitch it because we'll pitch nobody it. owns the the rights to this historical story. We just can't call Winchester and I wouldn't anyway, so
1: no, we won't call it Winchester.
0: <gasps> Which brings me to if you want
1: a better version of this story that is not about the Winchesters, Mm -hmm. check out the Stephen King penned mini series, Rose Red. Far superior. Stephen King wrote the screenplay for that mini series after being inspired by the Winchester mystery house. And it's top notch.
0: I mean, it's total nineties camp, which is even things Stephen King writes now. Or it's 90s. It's
1: 90s. 90s camp. It's really fun, though. And I I recommend it. Nice. And it's, it's, like, it's the exact... He basically does, like, the exact same premise. Like, there's this... Society woman Ellen Rimbauer and she experiences tragedy in her family, so she builds this huge mansion and she keeps adding on to it and she makes all these strange features to confuse the spirits
0: and Yeah. No, and the thing is, is I would totally recommend visiting the house because it's crazy. Um, yeah. you know, it's like you get there and you know, it depends on what you're expecting. It honestly when you're walking through it, it feels like you're walking through some very compact, like, IKEA place because it's very Everything in there is very, very narrow. Like it feels very claustrophobic because they've shoved, like she shoved a lot into one space. Like one room might be three different rooms. Um, so it feels very tight. It is very confusing and it is very uncomfortable even just to be in there because it's like you're in these narrow hallways, you're turning and you might walk into a wall. Obviously you have a guide who like knows how to get you through the house and stuff, but it's like imagine yeah, yeah. walking in there by yourself. You would, yeah. You that'd be, be you could be lost for for quite a long time, Days. which is scary. So, um, yeah. Like, I would totally recommend checking out, that. and they give you like the legit story too. Like, they they know their shit. Um, yeah, <clears throat> and they give you all the stats about things that they've counted and how many there are of everything. Um and just nuts and like I said they recently 2 years ago they found a new room they didn't even know existed so god knows what else is hiding in this I house hiding in there um yeah. or who else yeah Ooh. that being said the movie i would say nuts. skip it
1: i would say skip it it's um it's wasted potential
0: yeah no it is it really is um and that's the thing it is like like I think about what my sister said where she was watching the preview and she goes, I am Sarah Winchester, and you're like, Oh fuck and then you're like, Oh no, this sucks.
1: Oh no. So It's not
0: the first film that's been made directly about the Winchesters. There have been others, but like it's the first one in a while, and they kind of dropped a major ball, so
1: And for that we just can't forgive them.
0: No. And Helen, God, I part of me is like, A, how dare you make her say those lines? B, Helen, you don't have to say those
1: lines. I think that's my biggest gripe. Your casting potential. Helen Miran, Jason Clark. Sarah Snook is really good. She was good in this. Just you could've done so much more with yeah. her. They
0: were all, honestly, they were all, with the exception of the ginger kid, they were all very good. It's just Yeah. It was what the hell did I watch?
1: There's even, um, fun fact the the like senior butler the older butler mm-hmm. is Bruce Spence who was the gyro captain in Mad Max Road Warrior
0: <gasps> yes I knew I yeah. recognized him from something
1: so if you are if you guys are Mad Max fans that's kind of fun just I did not know he was in there and then I I saw him and like when he like
0: that's he like oh uh, because when walks I walked just...
1: him in the room and I was like
0: well, that's like Iman Farron. When I first saw him for that quick blip, we saw him at the beginning. I was like, Is that already Miller? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, Oh no, it's Iman Farron. Still, why? What? Still. Why? I have questions about how you got into this film and why. And why. Because you're not exactly, you know, desperate for those B bit horror film parts that everyone no. does before they get famous. No.
1: He, I'm like, that's, I'm like, this must have been like as he was filming, or before yeah. 20, the, the return had aired, because well, actually, the opportunities actually, he's being offered now. I'm are, pretty
0: sure this was filmed a while ago. I don't know how much a while ago is, but I know it went through some name changes. Um, yeah, and
1: because it was originally like the house that Ghost built, yeah, which is how it's been released in like internationally in a couple different places. Yeah. But, uh, so that's Winchester, the movie, and the Winchester Mystery House. A bit a bit, a bit about the real life story. Do yeah. we have anything to add?
0: I don't, besides, you know, if you're in the San Fran area, visit the house.
1: Yeah. Um, do... If you've already visited the house, like, what's your story? Tell yeah. us.
0: I didn't have anything weird happen when I was... We were at the daytime, too, in, like, a tour group, so it's, like, not exactly the the, uh, environment to be like, do I hear a weird bump, you know, and that sort of thing. Um, right. I will say it was pretty creepy being in the basement, even, even during the day when they took us, cause they kind of end the tour towards the basement and it is kind of a little bit freaky down there. Um, but no, it's fun. So if anyone has any actual freaky stories about the house, yeah, let us know. And how can they let us know Miss <laughs> now? Well, they can email us at splatterchatter669 at gmail.com. They can tweet us at splatterchatter666 minus all the vowels. If that's too difficult, just search it. We will come up. They can Instagram us, DM splatterchatter666 with the vowels. Yes. Um, We've got a Tumblr that you can message us on or comment or do all that good stuff. Splatterchatter.tumblr.com. Craig has a blog that I think you can comment on spotashatter666 yeah. no yes yeah. spotashatter yeah. um and we have a Patreon now a Patreon page if you'd like to what? super tell us what you what you like and don't like slash want to support us you can check that out you can look at the is it Freddy, Jason, and Michael? yeah Jason first then Freddy then Michael Jason, Freddy, Michael tiers where you can possibly support us get in on our newsletter on our Facebook group, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah. yeah.
1: Very good, very good. So, Mm -hmm. yes, be sure to check out all of those fun um, ways to get in touch with us, all the social media accounts. I've got blog posts coming down the pike. Um, Consider, yeah, donating to us on Patreon. We've got some fun rewards for you guys. And if you're feeling really generous, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. Mm Mm-hmm which is where you can find the podcast. Um, You can also find it on SoundCloud. Yes. So I think that about wraps it up for episode 37. Um, Hopefully we've at least entertained you, even if we've uh, warned you away from Winchester. And um, we will see you guys shortly in another two weeks. And um, until we do, uh, just be sure to keep up the creep, guys. Uh-huh. And for now, we will say au revoir, adios, and vidania.